0: I'm Mel Stewart and this is the Swim Swam podcast. Joining me today is perhaps the most loved man in swimming. He's the mayor of Athens. He needs no introduction. We all know who this man is. It's Jack Farrelly. How are you doing, buddy? Great, Mel. How are you doing? Uh, you, you've, you know, we've, we've been trying to get on your calendar since you made your announcement. <laughs> yeah. And, and you've been slippery. It's been tough to get, it's been tough to nail you down.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I've said yes to pretty much everything that was asked. You know, can you go this? Can you go here? Can you go there? I said, sure. And done a few speeches and, uh, and I've done some, I love radio. I usually go on here for sports radio. Uh, Very seldom do we talk about swimming. We actually talk this, this time of year, we talk baseball, which is one of my real true loves. And, uh, but uh, no, it's, it has, I have been a little slippery, but I'm catching up. I'm about 200 text messages behind, but I'm getting there. And uh, so, but uh, it's, it's a good feeling that uh, it's not easy leaving a sport, you know, from coaching part, but uh, you know, as you well know, and, and, and you know better than anybody, um, as an Olympic medalist, medalist, and, um, you stay, you stay connected no matter what. And, you know, I always tell, I always use it in baseball terms. There was a great book, uh, by Jim Bouton called ball four. It was a, it's a first tell all book in sports. <clears throat> I have about 50 books on baseball, which is stupid as heck, but, um, he had this thing. He said, you know, all along, I thought I was the one gripping the baseball and actually all along, it was the other way around. And, uh, <clears throat> I sort of feel like the same way about, <clears throat> excuse me, about swimming. So, you know, it feels like it, it will, it will have a grip on me since, uh, since I started when I was a little kid.
0: Right. Oh, yes. That, yeah. um, uh, I, let is going to, they're going to honor Frankie Bell, who was my age group coach from North ah, Carolina and, yeah. uh, and for years and years after leaving the sport, I I, I had sort of a an, a I had a dysfunctional family situation, uh-huh. and uh, the pool was it was a form of escape. And I always said the pool was what healed me and kept yeah. me safe. Yeah, and and I you know what? Thinking about Frankie, that's not true. It's it's yeah. it's it was the coach. It's the coach who stands there and gives you purpose. Yeah, and and says, "Hey, move in this direction." Yeah, and that's um. You were with a great coach, Mel. Yeah, she's a wonderful lady. But that's something something else. Oh, I'm 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 excited that she's being honored by Aska.
1: Finally, it's good. It's a neat thing. And she was sort of, she never put herself out there in front of anybody. So I think she sort of went under the radar. But when I came to school in Georgia in 1970, she had coached uh, Tommy Youngblood and Ross Bradford. uh, They were sophomores. Ross and I were captains together when he was a senior. I was a junior, but uh, they were those guys had really good technique, and she was she was a heck of a coach.
0: She would she 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 went to Don uh, Doc Councilman. Yeah, she studied Doc Councilman like uh, you know everything that he did. That's what we were getting as age groupers. Yeah, but you. So the the point of my bringing that up was that um, it's not the pool. It's that person standing there on deck that, yeah. that, that changes your life. She changed my life, and I know that the impact that you've had has been astounding. Let me just share some stats since we have people dropping in. They might not yeah. have a personal relationship with you, but uh, 43 seasons, as head coach, longest tenured coach in Georgia athletics history. You yeah. really 50 years really there because you started there as a swimmer. Uh 16-time yeah. SEC coach of the year, seven time NC NC2A coach of the year. You yeah. produced 87 Olympians, 38 Olympic medalists, 15 of them gold. And uh
1: Well, we, we count 40 because even though they went to another school when I had Natalie last year, she was with me for a couple of years. And then uh and then Andrew Wilson from Emory. And uh, you know, they had great backgrounds. Natalie from Florida, Andrew from you know, John Howe, who's an unbelievable coach. And yeah, so we, well, we call it 40, but exactly University of Georgia people, 38.
0: (laughs) That's, that's, that's all right. It's, it, it really, the interesting thing about coaches is that they, um, they care, you know, you don't, you don't have to wear the school's colors. They care about you. Oh yeah. And I, I always, yeah.
1: Natalie was funny when she came, she kept, you know what she did? She was, she's so cool. So we're talking about Natalie Hines. So I guess we have to uh, make that loud and clear. Who's an exceptional person in every way. So I missed her, you know, when I recruited her and she gave, and so she was working for a year and a half or two. She got a little bored with herself and what she was doing. And she, she texted me, she emailed me, which never works. And then she got frustrated and then she texted me and I was not am a lot better with that. And then she finally just said, you know what, I'm coming and I'll see you in two days. So <laughs> so I had Natalie and then I said, you know, I said that I said, this is really big of me, you know, because you didn't come. So I think we would have won another one or two national championships. And she goes, she goes, well, you sent an assistant to my house. You didn't come to my house. And she had a retort immediately. And uh, so, anyhow, <clears throat> that was my fault. <laughs> so, oh wow! And, and then Andrew Wilson, who's remarkable, he's now in, in Oxford getting his uh, uh, master's in engineering. He was the engineering student of the year when he was at Emory, and uh, he was with me for about two and a half years. And and uh, so we count them. There, I I feel there is part of me and part of this program in a way as the kids that swam here. I mean, they were they they came in here and they worked hard and. You know, I I've always said I've had a I've had a really strong prejudice in my life and I only really like the kids that work hard. <laughs> so but uh, at any rate, uh, that was absolutely that was an exceptional group last summer, too.
0: Let me start 60,000 feet up and, and just out of curiosity, just that uh-huh. I, I know I know how much people love you and I know and I know you, you're, you're called the mayor of Athens. At what point did you become? The unofficial mayor of Athens. When, when did that happen? Because I was in the sport. I, you know, I was an athlete. We were in the same conference, and I, I saw you on deck. We rubbed shoulders. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and, and you weren't that big of a deal then. No. And and no, I, I mean, left no. and came. I left and came back, and suddenly you were you were you were king, daddy.
1: <laughs> well, you know what I got to say too. Your coach Ray was always great to me. Ray Buzzard. Um, I was a young coach coming up, and I was getting swallowed up. I had Ray in there. I had Don Gamble, who was another guy, great to me. Uh, Randy was coaching that at that time. <clears throat> Sammy a little bit. Sammy Freeze too, who was. But he was best friends with my brother growing up, so I knew Sammy from the age when I was like a little boy. Um, but I am not not sure what happened. I you know I was here so long at Georgia, and but I I've always had an interest in what other people do, so I think that probably changed my life more than anything else. You know, I was, I was always, um, most of my, I would say probably 90% of my best friends in Athens are professors uh, of some sort. And, uh, you know, I have an inordinate amount of respect and you probably do too. I mean, you know, you were at the highest level, but I think people, when you get to the level that you were swimming, uh, you respect people that are high levels doing anything because you, you realize there's a common denominator of commitment that's just, you know, just rides right on through everyone. But at any rate, I don't know how it happened. I, you know, Chris Davis from Atlanta refuses to come eat lunch with me here uh, because you know he won't, he, he seriously won't come. <laughs> so, and uh, because, and, and Athens is not big, Mel too, and that's a big part of it too. It's, uh, and also <clears throat> in Athens GA, if you're involved with in sports and you're successful they they have a reverence for you whether it's football tennis swimming whatever it's and uh so but i've i've gotten around a little bit and uh i've done a little you know i did a lot of talks here on campus within certain schools business school uh english department i loved i was an english major and uh so um, i don't know how it all happened but i uh, just got a lot of friends, but uh, it's, it's mostly a tribute to the people that are here. And, you know, it's, it's a neat town because uh, we have it's a good music town, too. And because uh, I had Mike uh, Mills from R.E.M., he gave out the the uh, awards on Saturday night in 99 when we had the NCAAs. Christy Kowal set the American record. She was more excited about Mike Mills giving her the award. And, uh, but, he, you know, because of those connections, too, you find yourself in in places that have nothing to do with swimming. And I think that's helped me coach for a really long time.
0: I I think the, when I, you you mentioned that if you, if you achieve success, you appreciate success in all fields. Yeah. And, uh, what, what I see with, with coaches is that they, you see them spend so much time on deck. That's a, it feels like a lonely existence. You're up there, uh, your, your athletes are head submerged underwater, but it, it is a monk like existence, but you see the mastery and it is, it's about, it's about achieving mastery and you achieve yeah. it over a lifetime. And, uh, I sit in awe of <laughs> folks like yourself, It's, well, uh, but I do, I look for it everywhere.
1: It takes, yeah, that's a good thing to do too, right? Cause it helps us in everything we do, but you know, I had an awful lot of help I think I had. You know, I had great friends I was coaching with. You know, I was coaching with Frank Bush. I was coaching with uh, Eddie. You know, I've been on many trips. You know, with Terry McKeever, starting in 2003 when I was head coach for Worlds. And I remember a really special moment when Terry and Frank and I were in some little courtyard out in in Barcelona, and it was just you know we had an hour and a half of just laughing and you know sort of these things bring you together. But John Urbanchek also had a gigantic influence on the way I trained people. He gave me a lot of rhyme and reason. I was with Dick Scholberg in 79. When I got to job, now I was smart enough to realize I knew nothing. So I went up to Philadelphia and so, um, and I worked with Dick Schulberg for 70, in 1979 and 1980. And I remember Dick, at the end of the year, we went doubles, you know, this is Coach Schulberg, uh, five days a week. Uh, five hours on Saturday and just three and a half to four hours on Sunday. And I remember for that, that summer, he gave me a camera, which I think came out of his pocket, that money. So we basically, back then you sort of coach for free. The next year for the entire summer, I remember, I think Dick gave me 800. I bet you it was his money, but uh, being on deck with him uh, and he, it just taught me a lot. And I think the best way you actually learn is just watching and listening. And, uh, and, you know, the great, the great people don't really have to tell you much. And, uh, but, you know, and then being, and Eddie and I, we've a an amazing relationship in lots of ways. So when he came here, we went quail hunting. When I went there, we went duck hunting. And uh, so we, we always tried to put fun in it. And uh, I think that was really important. I talked to Frank Bush just yesterday. Uh, I'll be talking with Eddie probably next week and, uh, and Coach Schulberg. Uh, Dick, I, I got to give him a call about a couple things. And, you know, it's just, you uh, know, I'm, I'm missing a couple of people here. But, uh, you know, I was, I was fortunate. I had Don Sonya, an, uh, a great coach at Philadelphia Aquatic Club, and Tom Williams, who was uh, sort of a little bit, had a, had a lot of foresight as a coach at Abington YMCA. I started in the YMCA. And then, Mel, this is so cool. I think one guy, and I don't know where Abe, his name was Abe Abr- Abr- Abramson. And he had a Alfa Romeo, and he was our lifeguard at our club. It was a swim club, not a country club, just a swim club. We had a sw- swimming pool, snack bar, and a tetherball place, you know. And uh, and I he I just fell in love with him. He was you know just he looked like an Adonis, right? And he had his sports car. I was about six or seven. He taught me butterfly, and all I did about half the day was go in front of him to try to impress and go back and forth, but all of a sudden, um, you know, he might've changed things in a way that I just, he made me like swimming. And, uh, the biggest thing was he took an interest in me. So, and that's, that was the most important thing.
0: Well, the, I feel a little bit of ashamed because I should have known this. And I, and I, I was looking into your background and, and I was like, what you had the school record in the 200 fly. Yeah, uh, I didn't I didn't know that. That's been, yeah. come on. You're you're a brother. Yeah, I am.
1: But uh, somewhat. But I'm not saying what the time was, but I will say it would probably <laughs> it probably would be 10th on my women's team right now. <laughs>
0: you remember so, the time you remember the time to the 100th.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember times all the time. But uh, let's say this uh, Flick and Mary that would have. Not been worried about me at all. Yeah,
0: I love that. Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna chalk that up to all of your wisdom and discipline. Count, count, that that was all formed in those formative years, yeah. sharpening your knife on 200 butterfly.
1: Oh yeah, I loved it. And uh, the best set I had when I was growing up was an eight six four to two on course meters. And uh yeah, Don Sonia gave me that, and I sort of reveled in it. You know, an interesting thing happened when I came to Georgia Mountain. Not many people know uh, the assistant coach here was responsible for me because I was middle distance, distance or whatever. Um, but my coach was John Stafford, who was Matt Stafford's dad. And it's, it's funny how the cycle turns here. So Matt, uh, Matt's dad, you know, or, or just won the Super Bowl, obviously, and it was a quarterback here. But John was getting his masters in phys ed here before, and I he had I had him for my freshman and sophomore years. And it was no accident that they were my best years because he worked me really hard and I wasn't that talented. So, and I loved him and vice versa. We have a great relationship. And, but uh, you know, he, he really, he really loves, love coaching me and I love coach and I love being coached by him, but uh, it was so important. So when he left, I I wasn't as good because uh, I I sort of lost my connection in a way too. But, uh, but he was, I had, you know, even I had nothing but great experiences through uh, high school and college. I was in a great high school team, LaSalle College High School up in Philadelphia. I think between my junior year and senior year, we had about seven or eight kids go off on full full rides, division one. So it was, a, it was a good school and it was a great school athletically. We had two NBA Hall of Famers right from our high school, too. So it's pretty fun. And I remain very connected to my high school still yeah
0: it's uh, you had this full experience and you and you have all these moments that are that are crisp they're right there and you know yeah. they're 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 filed really well yeah and you know what inspired you you know what motivated you you know when when you benefited from it and when you didn't yeah so how did you carry that into your career and you know what you know, when when a, when a talent walks onto your pool deck and you've had you just know, 87 olympians yeah. uh you know what, what is it? What is it that you're hoping to do when you when you kindle that relationship and you go, okay, we're about to climb Mount Everest.
1: Well, I think uh, I think athletes. And I didn't really do this on purpose. I just sort of naturally like people. I think anyhow. And uh, I just sort of liked the kids I was coaching. And and uh, you know, I knew a little bit. I I told them I I you know I wanted to know a lot about them in a way. I didn't want to know what they did when I wasn't around. You know, but they're 18 or 19 and uh, they, they needed their own space and they needed to grow up. But uh, I certainly was interested in what they did academically, what they did, who they were with, what they did. And, you know, it's a uh, it's an interesting thing. Uh, you, know, you know, when you go into a home, you find out everything about an athlete. And uh, when you sit there um, and I've said this in a couple of of coaching meetings here on recruiting when this is when you know you're getting really old when they have you talk to younger coaches when they come in and they uh but I always tell them I said it's really important when you're when you do a home visit just watch how the athlete treats their mother and father and uh because that's the gigantic indicator of how you're going to be treated so I I will tell you I I backed out of a few uh after home visits and then but also I remember a young lady, Kelsey Gade, who was on our national championship team in 2013. And she was a captain along with Schmidt too. And uh, but she came in completely unhurled. But when I went to her home, I thought she, she was like burning a hole through me. She was listening to everything I said. And I actually changed my offer at that dinner table when she was when we were talking. And uh, I, I added room or board, I can't remember which, and I just, and, and and sure as heck, she turned out to be a gigantic part of that national championship team. And, uh, those kids are neat. You know, we have, and some of the walk-ons too, Mel, I mean, uh, Chris Breerton, as you know, you know, Chris and, uh, his, his role now is, uh, president of the board for USA Swimming. And he was a walk-on with me. He's now, you know, CEO of MGM. And, uh, And I just got off the phone this morning. One of my former, Barry Wynn, who was from, uh, he was on our team that got third in NCAAs, the men's team. Um, He's down with, he's a vice president of Procter & Gamble. He gave me a call from, he's got, he's working in Costa Rica, taking care of everything for Procter & Gamble in Costa Rica. So, and I'll see him next month because I'm going on a surf trip with Chris Davis down there. So, but all those guys and all those kids that come in You know, I think getting back to your question, believe me, I haven't forgotten it was. I think if you take an interest in him, and it's easy to do, you know, and it's, uh, and you sort of, and you like him, like them more. and, uh, And I always enjoyed the banter too. I mean, you remember Mark Dilla, who's probably, you would, Mark Dilla to me might have done the most satisfying swim in my career. Maybe not the most important because his freshman year, he was second to Bill Stovall, our swimmer. And then second year, he lost to Fraser, the kid from Florida, by about a 10th or less. Third year, he came from behind and won it and they disqualified And I'll tell you what, that was a hard year. And then he came back and ran, came from behind on Tommy uh, uh, Shields up in Minneapolis and won his senior year. But he had to live with that it was second, a second, a disqualification when you won, which was unwarranted. I mean, I've never saw him touch with one hand, even like in practice at 530, but, uh, you know, you just, those kids really make things fun for you, but you also go through a heck of a lot, you know, people forget, you know, Christy, when she set the American record and medaled in 2000, she got third by one, 100th in, in the hundred breaststroke. So you go through, uh, You go through wars and then you come out the other side. And uh, I think if, you know, when you and I are talking here, if swimmers, any swimmers are listening and need to learn one thing, that uh, the more committed you are, the more you're going to have a bigger disappointment at some point in time. And that will actually sort of shape you and what you're going to be, because how you react to that is what you're going to do uh, and how you're going to be successful. But you're never going to have a great, great career, even... Recruiting when I go in at home, Mel, I always say, you know, if you're coming here, I said, just you want to. I'm just going to let you know, it's not going to be a perfect ride, and uh, I think it's really important that kids know that some things probably will go wrong, but but it happens to everybody.
0: The greatest lesson in greatness in the process of greatness is to fail as much as you can.
1: Yep, and uh, as you well know. When you're shooting for big things, it's more often. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people talk about our seven national championships. I remember our eighth, uh, we had eight second places too, some of which I was really proud of. Was, I mean, sometimes we went into that meet thinking we're supposed to be fit. I think we've only had one number one recruiting class in my career, actually. And uh, I'll never forget when I came back from one of them. Sometimes administrators don't really get it. And some of them do. And I've been blessed on many of them. And right now, the irony of it all, I, you know, I wish I was going to be around for the athletic director we have now, Josh Brooks, who's wonderful. And I told him, I said, Josh, I'm sorry, but it's time. <laughs> and because uh, I walked in and he, and he looked at my face, he goes, don't tell me. So, and, uh, but I think, you know, those I had, a, we got second one year, I think it was, and it was really close. And I, and I get the text from one of our associate ADs. Uh, hang in there. That was it. I mean, not congratulations. You're second best team in the country. Actually, I think we were probably the fifth, but we sort of we swam as well as we could. I I, I was admonished by John Wooden one time. Uh, when we were going, leaving for Sydney, we brought him into Pasadena to talk with the team. And he was old enough at that time where a lot of the swimmers sort of knew him, Sort of met. a lot of them didn't, Mel, you know, because, but um, I was introducing my athletes to him, you know, Christy was there, Courtney Sheely was there, and um, Kim Black, and uh, geez, and Joyce Stowers, anyhow, and then I had, I, I introduced Amanda Atkins to him, I said, coach, this is my greatest overachiever, and he looked, he admonished me, he actually said, no such thing, and he says, they only achieve what they're capable of. And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, it's a pretty good lesson there. So whenever I hear 110% and all that stuff, it's sort of, I always cringe a little bit because 100, 100 is always good enough. Yeah.
0: I, I, have, I have a question for you, just going back into the the, the Jack Byerly cannon. So th- coming through it, got you through this lens. I, I, I swam with a guy, Eric Top, and Eric Top was not a talented swimmer. <laughs> and uh, Eric Remember. Top trained with me. I could, I, I, he would brought it every single day that I could. Yeah. It, it, it But it really just wasn't, he didn't have, you know, we, we yeah. know who has the talent who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Some people touch the water water and they move through it like a dolphin. Sure. Uh, he finaled at the Olympic trials in 92 yeah. and I was just, I was like that guy, you know, I, I won, I had a great swim. And but I knew in my heart, I had so much admiration for him because I knew that what he had sacrificed to get there, yeah, was so much more than I had. Mm-hmm. Who in who in, in your experience is uh, had that type of experience that had that type of experience in the sport? And you were like, wow, I have so much respect for this kid. They brought it every day.
1: Uh Mark Dillard was one. Um he was ath- he was athletic, but he was just tough every day. Peter Vierhoff, who now coaches at Bulls, Peter just, he wanted to go, he wanted to swim a little bit more. I love Peter, and he was a great captain, and sometimes, I think sometimes, he was one of those guys who took being a captain very seriously, and sometimes that's harder on athletes. They have to not be swallowed up by being a a captain, but I think, uh, and he was one of those guys, I remember talking to him, I said, Peter's you know, not everybody does what you do every day. And um, but he he was so serious and he ended up fine. Like like you were talking about Eric. He found in a hundred fly and he was and that was great. That was like making an Olympic team. And uh, so but those kids, those type of kids are really important. And some of the, you know, the walk on type kids that, uh, you know, we had a sometimes now there. Here's what we're talking about. Disappointments. I had a young lady, Claire Moss, uh, who qualified first in in two thousand eight in the five hundred in prelims. And two thousand five, we had twenty young ladies, twenty one maybe, make the meet, qualify for the meet. Two thousand five was our best team by far. We won. That was the first team to win all five relays. And I had here is a young lady, and I knew she was good, but I couldn't even take her that year. Uh, her, and uh, here she was, you know, like a sophomore and or maybe a freshman at that time. And she was trying to make and she was what singularly one of the sweetest and nicest kids I've ever coached in my entire life. And she took it and then she came up and watched the meet up in Purdue. And uh, and then she's you know what? She handled that and said, you know, the heck with that. And then she went 4:38, you know, back in 2007 or eight or whatever it was. And guess what? That wasn't bad then. But uh, you love kids that react like that. And. Matter of fact, ironically or not, we just talked about Peter and Claire, and both of them are coaching. So
0: it, it, it's we've seen a lot of peers who, who have Olympic medals, and they uh, they'll coach. But it seems like it's always as athletes who were in the bottom of the final, or maybe yeah. in the consolation, or maybe yeah. just they. You, it seems to me they always make the best coaches. And, and my theory yeah. on that, my theory on that is that certain athletes, uh, things are just intuitive, things just happen and they don't, you know, they 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 can go from A to Z and they can miss all those letters in between because it's, yeah. just, it's just natural. But it seems like when someone maybe doesn't have that talent, they're cognizant of every single inch. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah. maybe there's something deeper to it. I'd like to, if, if there is something more to it, I'd like to know, you would know. Yeah, I
1: don't know. I I think if you look around, if you go right across the board on the coaches, you know, male and female, um, you know, they were they were pretty good, but not great, and and uh, left something that they wanted to accomplish yet. You know, in the sport, who knows? I think you know things get complicated sometimes upstairs, and uh, but I think that I think the people that really do work for it and really uh, have to. Do everything correctly are the ones that probably are the best coaches. Now, if you talk to Eddie, he'll tell you he was a great swimmer too. But we'll get to that.
0: <laughs> so, I'm I'm so thankful that you didn't break that pool record in the in the 200 butterfly at, at, at Georgia, and to say you know I'm going to hang the suit up now and and uh, go have uh, another career. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you had, is there was there potential for another iteration? Is there another timeline where you, you have this other career? What what would that be? Does that exist, or was it always going to be head coach at the university? Of you Georgia? mean when I when I started,
1: what else I could have done?
0: Yeah, what else could have you would you have done something else? Yeah, I, I,
1: in wow. hindsight, there's only one other thing I would have done, probably. Um, and well, two things actually, I, because I love I love sports. I love every sport, and um, I mean I can talk baseball here for hours and hours and hours, and 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 basketball and football. I love them all. Um, and I, I played, you know, I played three sets of tennis today. I, I love tennis too, but, uh, I think there's one thing and it was and the reason why I got recruited, uh, pretty heavily when I was a young kid by the air force. And, um, it was interesting. It's too long a story for here, but, uh, the guy and you know along the way, Mel. I I look at these people that had something to do with me. I met him on a beach in Long uh, Long Beach Island, New Jersey, when I was a freshman in high school. He thought I was a football player. I was playing football, but what he liked, he told me what he liked was every time he was on the beach, I I was organizing a game. So. Uh, So anyhow, I was either when I came out of the water, I was in the water probably eight hours a day. You came out, you wanted to play something. I never sat on a beach in my lifetime. And uh, and but he recruited me very heavily at the same point in time. He also was the one that probably convinced me not to go and do it and run with it, because I said, you know, I said, Colonel, I'm only about 80, 20. He said Jackson, he always called Jackson. You just his name was Colonel Furry. He was from uh, Bernardsville High School. And he was a recruiter. And, uh, but he told me a neat lesson. He said, you have to stay at 20, don't even bother. You have to be 100% in because even the ones that are 100% <clears throat> sometimes don't make it. But that would have been a cool existence. And I got a little nostalgic about it last night when I saw Top Gun, the second one. And, and, uh, and it, but it also brought me back to, to him because he stayed in touch with me for 20 years after that, even after I didn't go. So that's, that's a good guy. And he was there. He was trying to help me. He was trying to do something for the air force, but it was a friendship first. And uh, so the guys like that along the way, taught me a lot, uh, you know, about coaching. He was a neat, really neat man. One of the greatest things, and this is a walk on story too, Mel. When I was uh, a freshman here, sophomore, we had a walk on uh, Roger Simpson, was a walk-on guy, and I loved him. He was funny. Uh, and, and you know there's a, there's a peer, uh, you know, like a hierarchy on teams sometimes, and a lot of our guys didn't even bother talking to him. <clears throat> well, he ended up as an ultra-successful guy, and he had a schooner. that he went around the world on, you know, he was, and he had a jet that was the replica of the Mirage, which was a fighter jet for France, which was sort of like RF-14, I believe. But so the day after we won our first national championship in 99, he flew down in about an hour from Ann Arbor with that jet. And the next morning, and I hadn't slept the entire day, you know how that goes, (coughs) excuse me. And um, he took me up, pressure suit, everything else. So that was a heck of a 24 hours, our first national championship that was done here, that the pool I'm looking at out there. And then he takes me up and the first thing we did uh, a couple 360s, that took one second to go around. And then um, he blacked me out twice. Uh, and, and then uh, the second, he said, now, Jack, you gotta hold on a little bit. And he took me straight, we, we went straight up for one mile. And you can't see anything because the wings are back here, you only see sky. And then all of a sudden, after that, he said, and he, he's talking, I'm in the front, in the front cockpit. And he's in the back, he said, he said, now you gotta hang on. And he said, and when we come down, he said, "Try to grab the joystick in front of you." So he went up, and then he took it backwards, and we went back down, and just sort of dropped and did a free fall. And I was trying to grab that stick, and because of the G forces, I couldn't even get near it. Those guys are incredible, and uh, you know, in those jets. And uh, we did that, and then I he let me chase when I we sort of leveled out. We went back up a few times. We did some other crazy things, and uh, he let me twice. I was in a, next year when we won again, he came back and did it again. And we went, uh, he let me chase clouds and I had, I was flying a jet, you know, going around. I mean, this, is, and I'll tell you what, that is singularly the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. That's a hell, that's a hell of a feeling. So, but anyhow. Maybe dude. you
0: missed your, maybe you missed your calling. Maybe, maybe you did miss your calling. I mean, I, I know think, this, this, the swimming thing has been successful, but maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe you, maybe you were Maverick.
1: Uh, I, 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 I tell you what, that, that appealed to me. Yeah. And, uh, but anyhow, you know, it's, it's amazing how things turn out here. And uh, you know, when I came down here, Mel, I was the, the only kid North of Mason Dixon line on the team and uh, it was a different world. And was, But you know, you lived in the South, so you know it. And uh, but back in 1970 coming from Philadelphia, it was a very different world. And, uh, but I'll tell you what, the South is welcoming um, and, there was never a holiday where I didn't have a few homes to go to. And I'll tell you what, I had to, you know, I, had, I have friends, some of my best friends to this day are the ones I had met my first month at school. One of whom, uh, this is, I don't know if I should say this or not, but anyhow, this is pretty cool. Um, I had a, a young lady, uh, Kathleen Williamson, who's, we went out like when I first got here first week, uh i'll be seeing her in march because of you know ncas i never could help her uh her father owned a newspaper in darien georgia so we this is like philadelphia guy meeting young lady from darien she was so cool and is still pretty darn cool and uh she was a great anyhow we remained friends for a lifetime and um so but she owns the newspaper down here down in darien she is a very she's like the first lady of a and Darien is actually the shrimping capital of, of Georgia. It's a whole, you know, and it's, and it's a beautiful little town with the backwaters that are about as soulful as you can be, but I'll be going down there. It looks like uh, I think it's going to be this March. And I think I'll be grand marshal for the blessing of the shrimping fleet. So something I've always wanted to do.
0: You, you're a celebrity. I, I'm, I'm trying to, the thing is there have we ever had a a you know a a celebrity coach a d1 coach an olympic coach (laughs) that has been invited to give the commencement speech at their school Uh, has that happened before
1: i don't know mel i I don't but i I have to seriously tell you that was the most humbling thing that's ever happened to me um i'm forever thankful to our president and to me it was my greatest honor and um, and it was, a, it was a little bit different because you had, that, that speech was for everyone else and not, you know, it wasn't for self-promotion. You know, you're not talking about UGA swimming and, you know, you're usually doing a talk somewhere. That was for graduates and, uh, and it was really fun. And I've, I've, I've talked to at least 20 that were there and a lot of parents too. And it's amazing what's happened with graduations now. Uh, they've grown. Like when I, when I graduated, my mom said, I remember being on the phone, she goes, so when are you coming back? <laughs> so, you know, that <laughs> that's the way it was. I didn't have one friend that went through, walked through graduation. Uh, but for every person that goes, every graduate, they average 10 guests now that come. So it was in the bottom half of our stadium, and it was about 18,000 people. And it was just, it was almost like the planets aligned because it was sort of misty, and then all of a sudden literally after we had a, a breakfast lunch, a breakfast uh, uh, meeting before we went out and went over everything, we got our full regalia on. Uh, and then you walk out and son of a gun, the sun just came out. It was about 50, it was perfect. And um, and a friend of mine, it, it got even better than that. A friend of mine was a tennis player here, George Bissechni. Uh, He was in the finals of the NCAs and he was Jack Nichols' practice partner. So Jack Nichols' granddaughter was here. So anyhow, it, it ended up George called me and we got them organized. So they came after we finished and went off. We went to the luncheon at, and it's at the West End of our stadium where we spent about $80 million for a place for to be able to eat. And, uh, and uh, so Jack was there with his family. And they had about 18 people with him. So, and I brought back, two of my professors from the University of Georgia that changed my life. They, I would not have made it through school without both of them. And they were both English professors. So I had this, we had this luncheon uh, and my professors were there. And, you know, I was there with the president, my wife, my kids came. And uh, it was just one of the neatest moments in my lifetime. It was just, uh, it was, I don't know how that happened, but, uh, you know, as, and I said this, Part of the speech, I think my second thing I say was, in the fall of 1970, I could not have been further from this podium. <laughs> so, and uh, but anyhow, those two professors, Tom Tuggle and Jerry Chambers, uh, saved me at the University of Georgia. They gave again, you know, you get lessons along the way. They had nothing to gain. I wasn't going to write the great American novel in English, and uh, uh, they were great professors, and they had me over at their house when I was a junior and senior. And they told me, "Get this professor, get this professor. You'll like him." And they they understood uh, if I didn't, if, if I like somebody, I would work, and uh, if I didn't, I probably didn't. And uh, I wasn't the perfect student, but I ended up as a pretty darn good one at the end because of them.
0: Commencement speaker. Uh, just, yeah. so people, just for everyone out there i i watched it the uh, i did you cool I, I, I watched it i watched it i mean it was such an unusual thing it's like well this is a huge honor so yeah. i watched it when it went live on youtube i watched it again the the day we got the news that you were retiring uh-huh. and uh because i thought that i'd have you on an interview within 24 hours and i needed yeah. to be ready I, I didn't i didn't know it'd be you know, so much time I watch it, but, but for anyone out there that, that's just listening to you now, listening now to the podcast, you can press pause. You can go into our show notes. I'm going to add the link in there so you can see this commencement speech. And here's a teaser. He, you know, Jack Sand, he didn't honor. He, he it wasn't, it wasn't about swimming. It was, it was for the students, but I think that you represented swimming and your yeah. program really well. Yeah. I think swimmers will really appreciate what, what you said. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think uh, there was, we talked about one of the little quirks in there, I guess, uh, you know, you have to have a hook at some point in time and call it a PC, you know, persistence and consistence. And, uh, and I think that's what takes all athletes to the promised land. And, uh, you know, if, I, if there's a consistent theme in my athletes, that the ones that are the most successful is that they're consistently pretty good. And they almost and they don't let themselves have what I call real bad days. They're just they just have know how to figure it out. So that was the big theme of that. And uh, also a big theme was that you'll not get anywhere without somebody helping you. And uh, and uh, it was it's a big deal. Mel, i gonna tell you. Mind if I tell you a quick story about a doctor?
0: Absolutely. Give it to us. Pretty,
1: I just uh, I was with a doctor friend of mine last night uh, for dinner. Uh, he's an amazing surgeon and uh, he was, he's retired. He went, he played football here and, uh, and he was our team doctor for 30 years. And I just, I went to see him at a you know sort of a assisted living place, but it's, it's, it's not an assisted living place. It looks like a pretty swish country club to me, but anyhow, we were talking about it and we talked about the power that doctors have. And I think coaches do too. We, I think we forget that we're in such a position of responsibility. And what you do is being looked at, how you live is being looked at, what you say is being heard more than you probably think. And, uh, but I was, uh, at 10 years old, I had a rough time with asthma and I had to get a shot every two, that's when shots actually hurt. And uh, I mean, when I get a shot now they say, oh, this is, I said, don't worry, this is nothing. You know, because those needles back then were a little bit different. But every two weeks uh, we go in and afterwards, my mom and, and you know, doctors always brought your parent in with you and said a couple of things. And then you left. And Dr. Gallagher, who ended up, he was the team doctor for, for LaSalle College basketball. He said, uh, uh, Grace, my mom's name, said, Grace, if you could give me one minute with Jackie. And he said, Jack, Jackie, uh, just write your name down here. And, uh, and, I, and I did it every time for two years. And he said, just want to have your autograph because you're going to do something special someday. And I said, I was, and I was, so I walked out of there and I was always small. I'm still small for my age. And then, and uh, I felt empowered when I left there. And what a thing to say to a little kid. And I mean, I, you know, I, I look back on that and I said, it was probably one of the most important moments of my life. And it was when I was 10. Um, and it, it, it was a, it's a lesson, you know, I'm getting ready to go out here for our swim camp, the last one we're having, my last one. And we always, you know, we, we have a pretty big responsibility and we can really change and just positively impact somebody with very few words. And I mean, that took 30 seconds and I did it every time I knew it was coming and it was fun. But, uh, you know, always be thankful for him. He was a great man.
0: Well, I I told you we we're going to be thirty to forty minutes. I don't want to hold you too long. If you get a if you get a peel away for your campers, no, I'm you good. good.
1: They're, they're they're just meandering in. I'm going to be talking with them in a few minutes, about ten or fifteen.
0: All right, good. Then then I so I have to ask. And I'm I'm I'm. We're is based out of Austin, Texas, so we're real close uh-huh. to Eddie. It, it's like it, if I go out to. I, there was a moment where I went out to dinner once. Yeah, it was New Year's Eve, and and that's yeah. when I, my my wedding anniversary was New Year's Eve. My life, my wife's like, you know, our, our anniversary, the rule is no one says the word swimming. And we're at some restaurant and Eddie and his wife sit down behind Eleanor. Us. Yeah. 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 So it's it's so anyway, Eddie's uh, you know, Eddie retired for a year and yeah. then came back. But we're I less. knew I knew from yeah. talking to Eddie that it was uh that you know Eddie didn't Eddie wants to coach and but he yeah. just didn't want to deal with the admin and all the other stuff that goes away. He wants to be on deck. He wants to do just that. So I kind of have an insight and you probably do too, mm-hmm. but it, it begs the question, what are you going to do? Are you going to, are you going to, are you going to be on you know, David Marsh, David Marsh stepped away at, at Auburn and now he he's doing the assistant thing at, at, at Cal and looks like he might do that in a, another year. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not saying yeah. I know that I'm just saying that's a possibility, but you know, what are now, you going to do?
1: Um, I'm going to skirt this a little bit. And I usually, if I, and uh, because I sort of have a, a little bit of an idea, but I can't say much yet, but I will remain connected to the, the program for sure. And uh, you know, and Eddie and Eddie, and I, and I feel the same way. The coaching part, no, I could coach until I was 90. I love it. I love being on deck. I love being with the coaches and I love, and you know, the, the weird part is I love the morning practices the best. There's a great old Dob Dylan line and one of his songs I love doing. And he has, he almost has a line for every occasion. And it was one of them, he said, too many thoughts get in the way of the day. And the morning was great because the kids are not confused yet about how much stuff they have to do. They haven't read anything about who they are and what they could be. <clears throat> and uh, it's sort of the purest time in swimming, I think, for early morning practices. And, uh, but being with Eddie is a joy. And, uh, you know, and it's, we had so much, it was always interesting because I don't know if you ever knew this, but when we went on trips, they, you know, when we started, we had a lot of money now in USA swimming and then we, so the coaches got private rooms and Eddie and I didn't want it. We always room together. They said, seriously, he said, no, we're rooming together. We have, we, we have fun. And, uh, so, we, um, you know, we've done, we've done a lot of trips together and, uh, but I think. I have some things in mind, I have, it's amazing. Uh, the first 24 hours uh, were filled with offers of things to do. And I was stunned and uh, it wasn't like, it was like this, congratulations, but I want to talk to you about something else, <laughs> yeah. so, and, uh, but there's some things that uh, intrigued me a little bit. And, uh, and I've, I've had some conversations about, uh, some things the bottom line is it's going to be involved with trying to be uh i wouldn't mind being involved in things that help the university of georgia uh georgia gave me my life and i owe not just athletics but i just i owe georgia you know the university of georgia and i feel uh i will do anything that i'm asked to do here uh if they need me doing anything and uh And then uh, the athletic department too. I, um, you know, like after I have camp, I'm uh, we have have a lot of buddies here that, uh, you know, some of our biggest donors and, you know, I I know they like me being around. I just like being around because they're fun, but uh, some of whom have taken care of my boys are going to get a real awakening now that they're getting older and they don't have, you know, seats on the court and and then they're not in the sky suites, you know, they're, they're going to you know when i'm long gone they're going to appreciate their father a little bit better but so but uh you know i think whatever it is uh it will be people based and i do want to do a little bit i, I enjoy radio immensely um and i do a couple of shots here uh in athens so when i my walk on music is the theme from rocky because he's the philly guy here you know and uh but i that part of things, I, I, I really enjoy that. And you know how neat it is just, you know, this is the longest conversation you and I get to have for forever. You know, I mean, it's, it's neat because, you know, you and I come and go like, you know, like sheep in the night. That's an old Archie Bunker. He used his, He thought he had his mal- maltropism, said, I love that one. Two ships in the night. So it's like two sheep in the night. And, uh, but you never get a chance. And so like just having this conversation, is pretty neat, and uh, so we get get to just talk about things that we like to talk about.
0: Well, I, I I tell everybody my Jack story, and exactly. I, I now I I consider myself to be very disciplined. Uh, I weigh what I weighed when I when I won Olympic gold. Yeah. Um, I and I'm you know I work hard. I yeah. work hard at what I do. It's now you know we're not yeah. we're not great. We're we're just trying to achieve yeah. excellence in the process. Yeah. So it's a. So I'm at I'm, I'm Olympic trials. We're in the same hotel going down in the mornings to work out in, in the gym because you work out uh-huh. you exercise because that creates energy and that keeps you going through the day. Yeah, Stay. I walk into the gym. You're there. I'm not saying you're way older than I am, but I'm the spring chicken in this relationship, <laughs> but you're there working out. and And I would leave every morning and you would still be working out. And uh, so that's one part of the story that I always share my Jack Barley story. It's like Jack was in the gym when I got there and Jack was in the gym when I left. <laughs> and, uh, and I always say that um, in 2016, it seemed like there were some other coaches that were getting a lot of ink, a lot of media. And uh, when I was looking at apples to apples, I'm like, uh, Jack in Virginia looks like you're going to put more people on the team than anybody else. Yeah, and I just remember you going, "Yeah, we're doing really well. I'm smiling. <laughs> we're smiling every day." And then by the end of the meet, finally, yeah, uh, those those guys that swim swam started writing about it. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you're catching this story a little late, guys."
1: Yeah, we felt a little uh, overlooked, uh, but I never say anything about it. It doesn't really matter in the long run. What matters is those kids made the team, right? So, uh, but we had a heck of Olympic trials, and then. And then at 21, uh, boom, you know, we had a, you know, another one. And, uh, but anyhow, that's a, it's a good story. And, uh, you know, that, that discipline that you have, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an important thing. And, uh, you know, we have to, I always felt as a coach, you know, we had to carry ourselves in such a way and be an example too. You know, it sounds old fashioned, but I, I think it's fairly important. I really do, but it's, uh. It's fun stuff. It's, uh, but I probably all that exercise is the reason I feel sore all over all the time now. But uh, it takes us a while. We have it when I play tennis with my group. We have one rule: no one can, th- no one can talk about any ailment because everyone has one, at least one. So we just, you know, it's no, nobody talks about it. So I'm limping, but that's okay. We don't care. <laughs>
0: All right, we're we're winding down. I'm going to let you go, but I I did, I did want to say I did want to say this. You know, I I, I appreciate the professionalism at UVA and and the way. UGA, your per, yeah. Your, yeah. Excuse me, yeah. G, UGA. Whoa, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's okay. You know, you know, you know. Mark Bernardino and I, uh, Mel, swam against each other from the age of eight and nine.
0: Oh wow, good we man. We were
1: great buddies. Yeah, uh-huh. it was really really cool, and I remain, you know. And all of him, how he coaches, he's a great coach. And, uh, any, anyway, I've been around him. Uh, we say, then we went to Catholic high schools, rival Catholic high schools, swam the same thing. He went to UVA. I went to UGA. Boom. Yeah.
0: Well, it's why I appreciate that. My flub gave them a, a guest shot in, in your, in your podcast, but it, it, I have a lot of respect for, for UGA and, and uh, SID and this how the programs and run i know it, it's like a business you know you're managing scholarships mm-hmm. you're managing a, a, a big team it's but it's uh i felt like the the transition from you and the announcement on the coaches the new coaches I yeah. just, do you have any parting thoughts i know we got we got neil and we got we got stephanie uh you know, the programs are split apart yeah uh, um what, what's what's gonna happen there are you, are you gonna mentor are you gonna are you gonna still be a mentor and, yeah, yeah
1: i'm gonna mentor and uh and I'll probably, you know, be in a position where I can, we're, we're just working that part of it out, you know, how much, uh, but one thing I don't want to do, I, it's their team. It's, it's the, now it's, and, uh, I respect that. And I've tried to, I'm here when they need me and I'll be probably on deck a little bit more, just, you know, watching or helping. And I can, I'm going to mentor some of the athletes that, that I think have great things in mind for themselves. And, um, and I think you know if uh, we're still working out whether I'll be a volunteer. You know, I you know I'd be I'd be a pretty good you know I'd be a good hire as a free coach. And uh, so, but uh, anyhow, we'll just do it. To, we're still working that out. But I am proud of them. Uh, they are game ready. And both of them, as you know, Mel came by their success because of what we talked about. Just that persistent hard work. Uh, Steph was 28 time All American here and uh and then uh you know uh neil was an ncaa champion and uh, an ncaa uh, record holder 200 breasts but uh, more more than anything else they're great people and i feel like i felt a little bit old right when i retired because even though i don't feel old at all but all of a sudden you feel like these are your children <laughs> and you're proud of them because they've earned their spot and uh we are in great hands and i think. Uh, I know it's, it's time. It's good. It's good. And it's going to be a great confusion of youth. And I think it's a, I think it's timely for the program. I think it's, it's, uh, there's time for me to do what I did and it's time for them to take over.
0: Well, I, I feel like the, that I've always had access to you and your friendship and your space in, in, in this swimming family. And I, and it, and it makes me insecure that that, that might change a little bit. I don't know if it is or not. It may not but it's, no, that's, that's
1: just up to us. We, we just don't let it sneak
0: it's uh, it's so um. Final question is it uh-huh. how 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 do you want people to remember you and your entire career? What what's what's something you want them to take away from you and your relationship to this sport?
1: Uh, well, let's see. That's a good question. I just you know simply you know like when I was at the grocery store this morning, <laughs> uh, someone, someone came and said. Jack, thank you for doing a really good job. And you know what? That's probably takes care of everything. Uh, I felt like it was a huge responsibility representing Georgia. And, uh, you know, I fell in love with this place the day I got here. And um, I just, I think I'll be remembered as someone that uh, probably, you know, coached all right, but also, you uh, loved and cared about their athletes and uh, I'd love you, you could tell I, I just I thought it was fun it was uh, it was fun being around them and they're all different and uh, and that was the cool part too because uh, a lot of different buttons of course sometimes but uh, some point in time and you know the, the greatest thing is after they finish and then your relationship changes completely and uh, there hasn't been a day since that retirement where I haven't been on the phone with at least two or three former ones. And, uh, and boy, I tell you what, uh, they, they've given me as much as I have given them.
0: You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.